0: Welcome back to Become a Calm Mama. I am your host, I'm Darlene Childress. And today I'm going to talk about playful parenting. And I want you to not think as you listen to this, like, oh gosh, this is another thing I need to do. This is a big giant list of all the ways that I'm not a good mom and now I've got to add this to my list. Nope. What I want to do is offer to you just a way to bring more playfulness into your parenting and into your relationship with your kids so that you actually enjoy your kids more. And it this is a good strategy for improving behavior. So a lot of times we forget that, you know, behavior is really frustrating and we want all these strategies to get our kids to listen and we want to have limits and boundaries and all of those things. And I love all of that. Obviously, that's part of the Calm Mama process, which is calm connect, limit set, correct, right? So I do teach limits and I do teach consequence model. But there are strategies to get our kids, not to get our kids to comply, that's not the goal, but to make life easier, to let make things go smoother, to have more joy, more fun in our lives. And one of those ways is by play. Other strategies are staying calm for you and feeling really good about your parenting and your motherhood. Experience, You know, yourself as a mom, uh, another strategy is to connect with your kids and help them manage their big feelings, right? So we have all these different ways that we can help our kids sort of show up in the world with more ease and then your life becomes a little bit easier. So today I'm going to talk about play and how play can help you create more ease in your life and just that so you can enjoy your life more. So I wanted to start with a story. One of my favorite memories of all the years I've been raising kids is we have a swimming pool and it's very hot where we live. So a lot of people have swimming pools where we live. And we had a swimming pool and the boys would spend, obviously when they were younger, like, you know, hours and hours by the swimming pool. And, you know, when you're, when you have little kids, you have to be near them, right? You can't just like let them be in the swimming pool without paying attention to them. So I spent a lot of hours sitting by a swimming pool. And there were times when I felt very bitter, <laughs> to be honest, that I had to be outside by the pool all day. And, you know, I would be focused on, you know, all the things I should be doing inside and all the things I need to get done and all of that stuff. Right. And also like, my, one of my sons was really aggressive. And so he was, you know, when we would get in the swimming pool, parenthetically, something happens with kids in swimming pools. If they are easily dysregulated, being weightless, like being in a swimming pool can actually dysregulate kids even more. And I noticed that with my son. So being by the swimming pool, always felt really frustrating for me, right? They would be fighting over stuff. They'd be splashing me, which I hated. There's water wasting. So, you know, in general, being by the pool could be stressful. But there was this one day where I was annoyed. And then I was sitting on the, you know, outside of the pool, sitting on the chair. And I just shifted into a game. And I just started to yell out funny animal characters and the boys would be jumping off of the diving board and I would, you know, yell like angry bear. And then they would have to like act like an angry bear as they jumped into the water off of the diving board. And they would just love it so much. They would be standing at the back of the diving board waiting for me to call out a you know, a character like Shy Caterpillar or Sad Koala or Playful Puppy. I had, you know, I had to get really creative. That was probably the most work of the game was me coming up with funny things. But, you know, animal characters and stuff like that. And so they would be waiting at the back of the diving board. And then they would be looking at me, waiting for me to tell them what to do. And then they would listen. And then they would run. And they would act like the thing, right? Right. And because they liked the game so much, you know, their eyes were on me and they were attentive and they were playing. And then, and then they were actually really funny because they were like doing really like, how do you act like an angry bear? It was funny. They'd be like, and then jump in the pool. Shy Caterpillar, they'd like put their hands by their face and be like, and then jump in the pool. So it was, it was a fun memory for me. It was because I created a moment with laughter and joy and connection with the kids, right? And those types of moments, the ones we remember, the ones that are charged emotionally, like good, right? Good memories. They happen when we are enjoying our kids. When we stop trying to get things done and instead be in the moment and just sit and enjoy something with our children. That is... One of the ways like summer's coming, I want you to start to think about, you know, how do I want to feel this summer? How how do I want to experience this summer? Do I want to feel joy? Do I want to feel delight? Do I want to have memories that are filled with laughter and positive emotions? If that's the case, then you're going to want to chase play. You're going to want to decide in advance that good memories are made when the experience is tinged with positive emotions, when there's some giggling, when there's some smiling. So to create these memories, you want to decide, you know, in advance that you want to feel more joy. You want to feel more, um, more, uh, more laughter, more joy, more fun. So this is all how I think about being playful. And I want to just clarify that Playing with kids and being playful are a little bit different in my perspective. Some moms really like playing with their kids. That means to me, they like being on the ground and, you know, pretending they are also, you know, the character and the monster truck or they're, you know, playing school with them or, you know, building blocks or like my son was really into trains and I got really into train tracks, like obsessively into it when he was little. And I really liked playing trains. I know that sounds ridiculous, but I did, I liked it. And I actually am naturally a person who likes playing. I can sit and like have a couple of Hot Wheels and like pretend we're in a fire and like we're going to go get the fire truck. Like I I can do that type of play. But that doesn't mean, oh, I'm a good mom because I can do that. No. okay uh we some people like that and some people don't so playing is different playing is like being in the marco polo game in the pool or like actually doing the angry bear and all that stuff i don't want to do any of that actually come to think of it so being playful i think of it as having a playful energy which is just being a little bit quick to smile um Thinking delightful thoughts about your kids, like, oh, they're so cute, or this is kind of silly, or um, wow, they're really funny, or that, that was cute, whatever it is, it will help you get into that playful mode. And kids, for them, pl- being playful and, and playing is like a job to them. We are so focused on tasks as adults and focused on like time and productivity. And really time, like time is such a um, adult reality, like got to get finished this because it takes this much time and then we got to get this done and then dinner and then da, da, da. I don't have time, I don't have time, I don't have time. It can feel like really, really overwhelming. Now, kids, they don't care about time. They don't care about time. They don't care about money. <laughs> All they do is care about play. So if we can bring a little bit more playful emotion and playful energy into a scenario, it goes a long way. So let me give you a couple of the benefits of play. Um, First, it's just the way kids learn and grow and develop mastery. Like they just play. And so for your child, particularly uh, in terms of development, they kind of need to be in that play environment, that try and fail. And if you have a kid who has a tendency towards perfectionism or trying to like do everything right, Bringing in playful energy is helpful because there are no rules to playfulness, right? There's just silliness. And so it can kind of um, let them explore and be a little bit more creative and a little bit more loose when they are feeling um, a little bit freer to be playful. There's an experimentation to playfulness. There's a nonlinear way of being playful that frees you, as the parent and then also freeze your kid if they um, tend to be a little bit more strict with themselves. So it has a lot of benefits for your kids. It also has a lot of benefits in terms of behavior. So when you're playful, you're close with your kids, you're in connection with them, and that makes them feel safer and makes them feel, um, you know, in a better mood. So then they're actually more likely to be easy to be around and because they're in a good mood. Play is also so helpful for emotional distress. Now I know I'm going to talk about this later, but some of you will go to being playful or silly kind of too fast. And you can tell that your kid doesn't want you to like discount their feelings to, um, You know, because you're like making a joke of what's going on. Kids hate that. They don't really want you to make fun of their emotional distress, but you can kind of dance alongside of them and then notice if they're like, you know, open to a smile, open to a giggle. Laughter can, like, you can see tears turn to laughter really easily. And that's because playfulness comes in and it's a release valve. So laughter is just as effective in some ways as as tears in releasing emotional distress. It's also a way to process negative emotions. So if you have had a hard scenario and you, you know, go throw the ball a bunch of times, you can get out some big feelings or with little ones, you know, we, you can do stuffed animal parties and things like that. And I'm talking little ones like through 10 or 11. They can kind of work through their their negative emotions through play. The bummer about screens is that a lot of times it replaces play earlier because they're playing on the video game. They're playing on Roblox or they're playing on Fortnite or whatever they're doing, you know, and that, that, or they're watching TikTok dances or whatever, that then they're not really creating that play from inside their bodies and inside of their own creativity. So that's why one of the benefits of delaying you know, access to to video games and to social media and to some of those things is it's helpful because then your kid has mo- a longer period of time of play from within themselves. Just a caveat there. So play, you know, it also, it just brings brings their attention to you. So a lot of times parents will be like, well, they're not listening to me. They don't even care. I'm telling them to put go to put their pajamas on or I'm telling them to, uh, you know, put their shoes on and they don't even care. They don't listen to me. And a strategy to get your kids to listen and to pay attention to you is to play with them, to be playful, to make things into games. And it pulls their attention away from whatever they're focused on and back to you. And then you can set your limit because you actually have their eyeballs and you have their attention. So those are some of the benefits of playing. And your kids, they are craving you to play with them. They are craving your joy. They're craving your delight. They can't wait to see you at the end of the school day. Even my teens, they want my eyeballs. They want me to make eye contact with them and I've always had this pra- practice, ever since they were really little, of making eye contact and saying, I missed you while you were gone. I missed you. And it, it brings us back into this, this um, connection, right? We're, they're craving us. They want us to be smiling instead of sighing. They want us to be laughing instead of lecturing. They want us to be listening instead of scrolling on our phone. So this thinking about how great that feels when someone takes pleasure in what you love. Like the other night, you guys, I don't know if you know this, but I like really love the Great British Baking Show. I'm like really into it. And they started um, an American baking show. The Great American Baking Show, I think is what it's called. I was a little torn. I don't know if I am a fan of it or not. But anyway, my husband sat next to me and watched it with me and I was so delighted. I was like, oh, thank you. Thanks for caring about this. Um, And one of my sons, he was like, can you watch the show? I really liked it and I want you to watch it um, so we can talk about it. So we love being in connection with people and our kids do it too. So we're, I want you to aim for being more playful, but don't judge yourself if you're not. Like, 50-50, great odds, right? Like if you can be playful 50% of the time, oh my God, that's amazing. If right now you barely are playful, you aren't smiling much, you're really overwhelmed, you're in the dumps, you know, you're feeling a lot of negative emotion yourself, then just one smile, one moment, one little giggle, one little moment of chasing or whatever. And I'm going to give you a bunch of strategies now. So I want you to be gentle with yourself. I, like I said, I'm going to go through some strategies. I kind of feel like you may want to write some of this down. Um, and we can also put just like the list in the show notes so that you can see what, um, you know, some of the ideas and then you'll remember, you know, you can, so you can just go into the show notes, cut and paste, and then put it in your phone or whatever, this list of games. Speaking of show notes, by the way, if you love this podcast, apparently I would be really grateful if you went and rated it in um, podcast Apple Podcast because it does help share the um, the more ratings, the more that Apple will, you know, offer this podcast to other people, and the more people that will get helped. So if you love it, please do that. Okay, I was not planning to say that, but anyway, it's probably helpful. Listen, okay, strategies. The big picture big picture strategies are these. One, follow giggles and smiles. So look at what your kids are giggling about. Notice when they're smiling and come alongside and join in that playful energy. You can just, you don't have to come in all hard and hot and hot, you know, you can just kind of you're giggling, yeah, and oh, that's so funny, something's funny, right, if they're little, or my kids will giggle, and I'm like, what's funny over there, but you can't see me, because it's a podcast, but I'm smiling as I say it, I'm like joining in the energy, That's this is attunement, so we're being attuned to the emotions, and, and if, we're, if, we're, if, we're, if they're giggling, if they're being silly, we're going to go in and be silly and giggle with them, If they're smiling, we're going to match affect by smiling back. Now, another big picture strategy is to be exaggerated. So being silly, like using a very funny voice, you know, not mocking. You have to be really careful. Like, I don't want to put my shoes on, you know, to being like, I don't want to put my shoes on. That's mocking. We don't want to mock, but when they don't want to do Put their shoes on you're like ah yeah putting shoes on is terrible they're so tight and then they have laces and it's just oh shoes so we can use a funny voice we can be silly we can kind of go alongside with their emotion but make it a little bit lighter um being silly being singing pretending you're falling pretending they're really strong And you, you know, you're like, oh, I can't get up. And they're like pulling you and you're like, I can't. You guys are so or they pretend to hit you and you're like, oh, my goodness, that was so strong. Right. Or, you know, tripping over your feet, like just that you can kind of be exaggerating and be silly and dancing oddly and things like that. Your kids will giggle It's zero to eight or nine. OK, 10, 11, 12. I mean, they're going to like just roll their eyes at you which I actually don't mind. I just, I still dance silly in front of my kids or like try to, you know, when flossing was popular, I try to do flossing. So sometimes I'm the butt of the joke and it's, it makes them feel a little more powerful, a little bit, um, you know, more on equal footing. They kind of are, it's if you look at someone being goofy it's hard to not smile so it kind of changes their their emotion their where they are i love to play dumb like geez i don't even know where the seatbelt goes or oh goodness they gave us three straws and there's only two of us what should we do with the straw like it's okay to just be silly right and be be dumb and be and just kind of giggle so what we're looking for is we want to be attuned to the emotions. So if our kid like is smiling or laughing or they kind of roll their eyes, but you can kind of see like there's slight, you know, em- um, emotion that feels a little bit neutral or positive, then you might have a playmate there. So you can kind of engage with them. If y- you feel that they're very, very stuck in their negative emotion and they're like, stop it. I don't care about straws. You're dumb. Right? Or something like that. If if that's the energy, then we want to go into emotional coaching. Oh, honey, yes. This is a really big deal for you. You're not wanting to play right now. You want to tell me what's really happening. So this is, I think of it as, an, as a dance. It's called attunement. It's sort of staying within the emotion of the kid, but like guiding them towards emotional release or an emotional shift. So we're letting them process that negative emotion with us without trying to force anything while at the same time, not getting sucked into it, just kind of gently guiding them towards a different emotional place. If it's possible, that's what emotional coaching really is. It's like, I'll meet you where you are and I can help you find your way to a different place. So we're looking for that emotional release and that um, that opportunity to co-regulate with our kids through play, through playfulness. And if they're really like, stop it, don't do that, that's not funny. Okay, okay, okay. We're not, I won't play. I do see this mistake, some a lot of times with dads, like they'll kind of like, overplay and in order to like force the kid into a negative emotion, a different emotion, force the kid through their negative emotion. And it is very disconnecting. The child feels very unseen and very unheard. So we're going to be validating that emotion and then allowing play to drive the feeling out and towards something different. So that's like kind of the big picture around play and and the emotions. And now I'm going to give you really specific silly games that you can play. The first is Simon Says. So you could say, Mommy says, Mommy says, stomp your feet. Mommy says, you know, go in a line. Mommy says, jump up and down. And then you say, jump up and down. And then they do it. You're like, oh, Mom, you know, Mommy didn't say that. You don't have to like, send them to the back of the line or anything. You just try again. Okay, ready? And then everyone is silly and, g- and giggling. If you have a kid who messes up and is like, this is terrible. I hate this game. This is dumb. Okay, fine. Stop playing. Especially if you only have one kid. What are you going to do? Force them to play Simon Says? No, we're not forcing play. So Simon Says is a fun one. Um, and it, it can be helpful to like move the night along or move the morning along. But the thing is, I don't really want you to use these games to manipulate your kids into compliance. I want you to use these games to create genuine positive emotion between you and your kid. So it's more like, listen, if you guys get your pajamas on in the next five minutes, we'll be able to play some games. Like, I love playing games with you. Let's, let's make sure we have some time. And then, you know, if there's no time, you're like, oh, darn, no Simon says. So the other way I like to use games is if the kids aren't listening and then you've played Simon Says a bunch of times, you can be like, uh-uh, Simon Says. And then they turn to you and you now have their attention and you can see if you can get them to like reset listening. Because kids get really distracted. They get in their own world. They get in their own emotions. And it can be tricky to like kind of pop them out towards whatever needs to happen, not to control them or manipulate them, but as a parent, you are needing to like get them in the car or like, okay, it's actually time to eat dinner now or whatever. So we have limits for that limit setting, and that's really effective form of boundary making and communicating your, your boundaries. And you can also use play. Okay. So some other, um, activities are freeze tag. You know how that is like, you know, where if you have a couple different kids and then, you know, you're running around and you touch them and then they have to freeze for 30, you know, 10 seconds or five seconds, they have to count to five and then they're unfrozen and you run around and everybody plays tag, but it's like freeze tag. It's like tag, you're it. If you're tagged, you have to freeze and then you can keep running around. Um, another game is walk like a blank. So like, okay, we're going to go to the bathroom now. Everyone walk like a bear. Everyone jump like a kangaroo. Everyone, you know, if you're at home and it's, you know, carpet or whatever, like we're slithering to the snake. We're slithering snakes to the bathroom today. We're, you know, uh, we're, we're racing dogs. We're dogs. We're really fast dogs. Ready? Go. And then you're like racing to wherever it is. So walk like a bear or run like a a cheetah or, you know, be as quiet as a a giraffe, right? So you can bring in games like that to um, help your kids know what what to expect or to get them to move their bodies. Other ways to help, you know, make things more fun and get, get kids to listen a little bit more is just like gamifying, like, hey, everybody, let's see if we can beat this song, be, you know, uh, finish breakfast and get our socks and shoes on before this song ends. And then, like, you just turn on your favorite dance song and everyone's like, ah, beat the song, right? Or, hey, yesterday you did your shoes in 20 seconds. Let's see if you can do them in 18. Ready? One, two, three, four. Do you see how silly I'm sounding? <laughs> I really want you to try to bring this into your, um, your, your, not my voice, but like your voice, but being a little bit like fun, like an announcer or something role play. So you can also be a character from a show that they love, like let's everybody be like bluey or whatever, um, or be like a robot or this time we're going to be spies. We're going to be as quiet as spies. Um, or you can do the animal thing, uh, Another game is mystery items. So you can just put some things on a tray and cover them up. And then you can, you know, say, what do you think is under here? Or you put something in a towel and you bring it over to them and they're like, you know, trying to figure out what it is. And, you, you know, it's a, it's a mug. Or you know, it's a pencil or something like that. It's like it's a Hot Wheel, and so that's like a mystery item. Like let's play mystery items. Okay, now I'm gonna do one, and then let them do one, and then you do the guessing. Sending love notes is another another one that's really fun. Um, so you could just start doing this whenever you want. You just write a little love note, and if they're playing in their room or you know they're they're sitting quietly you can just do a little heart or write you know if they can read you can write a little note you can just kind of silently drop it and walk by um and then you know they'll smile because they know what's coming right so you create sort of this culture of appreciation and gratitude and love um in a in a casual way pillow fights are really helpful or or stuffed animal fights um i don't know maybe you don't like the word fight but like you know pillow smash or whatever you want to call it, it can help get a lot of energy. Kids have a lot of big body movement needs before bed, especially if you are, you know, they come home from school, they do their homework, it's dinner, bath, and bed. There's not a lot of time for movement. So adding in a giggle game, adding in some pillow fights in between, you know, dinner and bath or bath in bed or dinner in bed, especially if you can, you know, as, as it's heading out to summer, if you can go outside, get some fresh air, watch the sun change a little bit, that helps the cortisol melatonin balance. So your kids are noticing that the sun is going down. That's why they don't fall, want to fall asleep in the summer is because their biological clock is quite um, connected to the sun, which is good. It's healthy. Um, so, you know, as the sun is going down though, you want to bring them outside and, and help them kind of connect to like, oh, the temperature's a little bit different. It's cooler out. It's getting darker. You play a few games, the phrase tag or Simon says, or, you know, r- run around chasing, chasing your tails, whatever you want to do, something silly, and then come back inside. That's if you have a yard or, you know, some place to do it. Otherwise you can do it inside. It's fine. Um. A couple other games are uh kid sandwich. <laughs> I love making a kid sandwich. So a kid sandwich is basically a pillow, a kid and a pillow. So the pillows are like the bread and the kid is like the the meat or the cheese and so you, you know, lay the kid, you say okay, we're going to do kid sandwich and so you can put one of your cushions on the ground and then the kid and then another cushion and then you kind of bounce, you know, with your hands up and down a little bit and that compression of the pillow, the heaviness of it, you're not squashing your children. You're just kind of pressing down a little bit, is um, very good for them to emotionally release some tension in their body. That compression feels really yummy. Uh, same concept is a kid burrito. I love doing this one where you lay down a blanket and then they lay on top of the blanket on the side and then you roll it up and then you kind of roll them like a rolling pin over you know, dough and you just kind of please don't hurt your children. I you know, you know what I'm saying. But you're just kind of like rolling them back and forth. That's also like a lot of um, uh, connection on all these parts of their body that are being is touched and stimulated by the by the blanket and by the floor and that can also regulate that rhythm that that movement can help release some of the tension. Wrestling can be really good. I was not a big wrestler with my kids. I didn't really feel great about doing that, but some people really love it. They just kind of like, you know, you know, smush around with their kids. I liked to smush around more in a way with the burrito or with the sandwich because I felt a little bit, maybe like I was in control. I didn't like to have them like be wrestling me. Um, And reverse the roles. So like another game is just let them be the boss. Like, hey, why don't you be in charge of where everybody sits tonight? Or why don't you be in charge of like where everything goes on the table? Or what, why don't you be in charge of like getting everything, you know, getting the laundry done or, you know, being the boss in some way. Um, you tell me what to do. Should I put my shoes on first or what? I'm always bossing you, you boss me and just giving them a chance to like, you know, be the boss for a few minutes or, um, just reversing the roles like, oh, tonight, why don't you read me a story? Or, you know, why don't you tuck me in? <laughs> um, obviously, you're not going to stay in bed, but it can be fun for your kids to be in that position. And then, of course, just pretending is in a very easy way. Like I've kind of given you some ideas with walking like a bear or pretending we're a robot. You can also just play pretend. Let's play school. Let's play bees. Let's play moms. Let's play dads. Let's play teachers. Let's play babies. Let's play monsters. Let's play heroes. Let's play animals. And you can bring in all these different ways of playing and pretending. And that is really um, helpful for your kids to, they're already in their imagination. So it's not that big of a, of a shift for them. So these games are really fun, really helpful. And there's, there can be moments when, you know, games go wrong, where it's no longer fun. It's no longer playful, either for you or for your kids or your siblings. You know, one gets too into the winning or, and I'm not talking about like, you know, playing a game game, but like, where one becomes like, that's not how bears act. You know, they become a little bit too bossy with their sibling or kind of make it unfun. And I want you to feel as the parent that you have the freedom to say, oh, looks like we're going to have to play this game later. We can only play this game if everybody's having fun. I'm not having fun anymore. (laughs) You could do that. Or uh, it doesn't look like sister's having fun. It doesn't look like brothers having fun. It doesn't look like this is working for daddy anymore. And and so you can shift gears. Or you can say, Oh, we can do this for one more minute and then time's up. And so you can start to set some boundaries around the play if it if it starts to feel uncomfortable or it's just going on too long. I want you to feel like Doing some play and then shifting into more of a leadership energy doesn't mean that the playtime was ruined or that it didn't wasn't effective or something like that. It's always great if you can bring play in and it sometimes it doesn't end well and that's also fine, right? It can just you, you. what I notice is that parents won't stop a playful game until it gets really out of hand and then we get angry and we start yelling. And instead, I'd love for you to just notice if you're not having fun anymore or if it starts to feel off, you can just say, oh, we're going to do two more rounds and then we're going to do something else. Oh, we're going to do two more rounds and then it's going to be snack. You guys are welcome to start your homework now or we can do one more round. I would be happy to play with this, play with, continue playing this game as long as there is no yelling. This is really fun. And we can play this tomorrow. <laughs> so you can just set a set a limit. It's okay. It doesn't mean that the playtime went badly. All right. I think this is going to be really helpful. I think you're going to love this episode. And of course, if you have teenagers, play looks different, but it can still be playful. And, um, and what that means is just having a little bit of lightness in your relationship with your teenager and, and finding that delight because it can feel very disconnecting and a smile goes a long way in no matter how old your kids are. So that's what I want you to practice this week is being more playful with yourself, with your kids and bringing as much delight as you can into your life. And I hope that your week is filled with some play and I will see you next week.